Welcome back. We're in um, 1 Timothy chapter 3. Today we're only going to do two verses. Um, we've been talking a lot about like callings and um, we've been having conversations about things in life that we've been like felt like we were called for and the way that God has moved people. And um, it's just really incredible. Like when you're sitting and when you're willing and open to um, submit Again, going back to that, right? Um, just the way that God works it all out. It's really cool. So we're going to talk today about um, a little bit of calling and the church's calling and the church's purpose. So, yeah. Yep. Okay. Verses 14 and 15. Although I hope to come to you soon, I'm writing you these instructions so that if I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. And so what is the calling of God or the church? Sorry, what is the calling of the church? But what Jesus. Okay. I don't know. What, <laughs> what do <you> mean? <laughs> We were all like about to dare the, the, the headlines. But that was the answer to everything if you don't manage. <laughs> yeah, always say Jesus in Sunday yeah. school or whatever. Amen. I'll close this out. Jesus. That's it. You know what? But that was a good that was a good question. It was just like it's funny the way there's so many like answers. It's like, was she referring back to the text? So let's go back through the text. It's the pillar and foundation of truth is a part of what it said. Is that what you were going after? Yes. Yes. Okay. The pillar and foundation of truth. That's I was what, like, although do you ever like say something and then you think, I don't even know the answer to that. Like, which, I'm, <laughs> I'm giving this leading question, yeah. but I don't know where I'm leading. All the time, Suzanne, like all the time. <laughs> but the, the, the problem with it is there's so many things like what is the body of Christ? Yeah. You know, is it the building that we're in? No. Is it the people who are there? Yes. Who resides in that church? The Holy Spirit resides in us. So as the church, we have this calling. And what is our calling? Be the pillar and foundation of truth. Yes. Yeah. And we have a living God. That's another part that comes back in there, which is the church of the living God, that we are the people and we're the household of God. Um. And we have a mission and we have a purpose. And um, one of the things that I, I really did like, I'm not sure if it's this part of the study or not, but where it talks about it's appropriate for us to be seen as a household of God and not as a corporate business of God, you know, right. not, boy, and, and Suzanne, sometimes like um, where you, when you work in the church, it, it can become something like that, a business. There's, which is hard because it needs you need to pay for the building. 
Mm -hmm. Oh, you need to do things. So it is so hard. It is. It's hard because um, you have this camp of people who's like, we we're here for the ministry. And so we should just do all of these things. Mm -hmm. And we have these big, huge, grand ideas. And then there's this other camp that's like this. People forget that really like you, a church is a business, right? Like a church has to pay taxes, a church has to pay its employees, a church has to um, run the the air in the summer, right? All of these things. So it's that, that finding that balance, right? Of the people who are like, let's do these things. And then these people who say, no, we have to pay the bills. And then you have to have those middle people who can kind of, Say it all out. let's let's maybe set the air conditioner two degrees warmer so right. that we can then go and do this outreach here, you know, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you're right. Listen, the, like you kind of caught me off guard when for some reason. Sorry. But I was looking up, um, you were talking about the church, and it's not the building, mm-hmm. right? We no. know that the church is not the building. Right. We know that the church is the people. And Andy Stanley, years ago. This is something that I just has stuck with me for years. I mean, like years. And he's like, you have to get out of the mindset that the church is only happening when you're in the building on whatever day it is. And that the church is um, the ekklesia, which in Greek means the gathering of those summoned. So it doesn't matter where the church is. The ekklesia is the people that make up the church. So mm-hmm. your ecclesia can be happening in your family room. It can be happening in the church building, the official church building with the big cross and the stained glass windows. It can be happening at the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. It can be happening wherever that gathering of people is. That's the who, yep. that's who the church is. It's the ecclesia. Yep. Good. Good. I like that, Suzanne. Mm-hmm. And that is the end of my ancient Greek. <laughs> you did a great job pronouncing that word. Yeah, tell you, Suzanne. Yeah, I'm making Terry proud. <laughs> uh, I, I wrote it down phonetically. I like that word. Yeah, Echolosia. Yeah. I like it. Thank you, Andy Stanley. So, so when we look at that, it's like so. The purpose of that church, whether we're gathered in the coffee shop or we're gathered, just two or more are gathered, he's there. And so, what is the purpose for us? is to speak truth, to study truth, to learn the truth, to know who our God is. He's and a living share. God. Yeah. Share the truth. Yeah. And to have mm. that, that knowledge so that we can be the foundation, so that it can be the foundation. Because remember, this is the beginning church, right? This is the baby church. Yeah. Um, and so this is, I think, extra important. When I think about it, and I think like, Paul is telling them that you are the pillar and the foundation of truth right here, that this is like, this is what it's going to be built on folks. Like no pressure, but you better get it right. The thought is um, that this is really like the baby church Mm -hmm. and this is going to be the foundation. Like God knows that this is going to be huge, right? Like, so if this is not a good, healthy foundation for things to be built on right at the beginning, this is not good. It's going to crumble. I I also noticed that he's, he's talking about things that every church has dealt with through the ages. 
this is common to everyone. Every mm-hmm, church has mm-hmm. to wrestle with these things. Are the deacons that they're putting in there, are they servants of God? What about the bishops? We have to be really careful who we're putting in leadership. Mm-hmm. And how are these families being conducted? As Christians, is our way of living drawing people to us, drawing people, more importantly, to God through us? Or are we living lives that don't look any different from anyone else? So why should we be like that? Why should they pay attention to us? I think this has happened throughout the ages. It still happens today. Yeah. And we didn't talk about this yesterday, um, which maybe we should have, but um, they, one of the things that said, uh, those who have served well gain an excellent standing and a great assurance in their faith in Christ Jesus. So I think part of the thing is um, if you have an excellent standing like you are the physical embodiment of the church, especially in this context as they are starting to lead and they are starting to build up. So if you don't have a good reputation, mm-hmm. what are people going to be drawn to with the church? Are you repelling? Which side of the magnet are you? That's a, Yeah. That's a good question, and I guess we should use that as a measuring stick for us, yeah, yeah, as the body, not just the deacons and not just the pastors, every one of us. Yeah. Yeah, what is that even? This, oh, go ahead. Sorry. It, it should, you know, we can see those words, deacon, overseer, pastors, teachers, but the basic conduct fruit of the spirit should be the same no matter what position in the church or in the body you're in mm-hmm. or what your calling is. Um, you know, if you're, if you're at a time in life where your calling is to have babies and raise children, that should still be your conduct. If you're in a place in life where God has called you to go out and be a teacher or an evangelist, that's what your conduct needs to look like. So it's, mm-hmm. it's the same across the board. Um, And let me just speak to this a little bit. You know, we've spoken about this earlier, that you don't have to be perfect coming into the body of Christ. So there's levels where this this happens, and you don't have to quit smoking, quit this, quit whatever, um, to get into the Church of Christ or to be with God, you know, in the body of Christ. These are expectations. These are just things to shoot for, I guess would be a way to say. And that people who have matured in, in the body of Christ they have something to look toward. You know, they, we always say you want to have a woman who's ahead of you in her faith, and then you want someone behind that you can care for. So, hmm. yeah, when people come into the body of Christ from the world, we can't right. expect that they're going to even know about this kind of conduct or what the fruit of the Spirit should look They don't even know that there is a Spirit, probably. Um, so, you have to. Yeah, you, you come into the church just the way you are. You accept Jesus. He meets you right where you are. And then it's the Holy Spirit's job to clean you up. Yeah. So you know, it's not even not your own us. job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The Holy Spirit will let those, a lot of things will just fall away as you come to know God, a lot of behavior or um, even beliefs will right. fall away. They'll change as you come to know the Lord more. Um, you don't have to do anything. There might be a few things where you have to say, oh, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> right. But, but it still is the Holy Spirit that's at work in you, giving you the strength um, to make those changes. 
Um, but the big thing is just to come to the place where you recognize that, you know, there are some changes that need mm-hmm. to take place and a willingness to let God work in you um, so that you bring glory to his name. That's with David, search me, O Lord. Yeah. Find my anxious ways. I'm really bad at quoting scripture this morning. <laughs> I'm noticing that. It's like, no, right. I get a running start and it goes, fizzles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I, right. It's a heart posture. It mm-hmm. is a heart posture. Yeah. So, so as the body of Christ, and we're kind of talking about the church and how it should be, we have a heart posture. It's how our heart is turned towards God. Yeah. As we submit to the Holy Spirit's work <laughs> in our life. There's oh, that dirty word again. To, oh, <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> it's almost like what Paul wrote was divinely inspired. Oh, mm. get out. Really? Mm. Huh. Wait, you did think someone any of say this that? Needs some, any of this work in our life? Like, yeah. <laughs> we don't just automatically feel like submitting? Or? So, so sometimes it's like, and I always get messed up with the word sanctification, but it's God changing us. It isn't us making the changes per se. We're in cooperation with the Spirit. Yeah, that's a good but, way to say it. As we keep going through this, it's like as we become Christians, we we become Christians, and then as we become more mature in our faith, there's this maturity process, that sanctification process. So what happens is we're like, I think I want to, I want to be in a position where I can talk about Jesus more. All right, I know. Let's like, I want to let's put you in leadership and Bible study. Let's do this, or I'm I just want to do the behind the scenes work. Great, you can support it that way. It's like you'll get a pull towards your calling. And the body of Christ works together to the glory of God. And it's according to your calling, according to what's it. Like, there's some jobs I'm like, uh-uh, no way. We were just talking about one that involved tech, technical stuff and organizing. I'm like, yeah, no, that is so not what I want to do, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But God gives us the gifts according to His needs. And we move in those directions, and we respond in those directions, and we are obedient. And I'm yeah. talking, it's an adventure, and it's, it's joyful. A flat out. Yes. It's yeah. joyful. When you're working in the gifting that the Lord has given you, um, what he's equipped you for, you feel the joy of yes. that service. And there's a purpose, and it doesn't necessarily mean it ends up in the church, right? You might work in places all over society. Oh, that crawls all over me. I have to tell you, when people are like, I'm called to be in ministry. Awesome. Where? Well, I, if I'm going to be in ministry, I have to give everything up and I have to work at a church. Guess what? A majority of the ministry that happens in the world is not in the church. Right. Mm-hmm. If you, oh gosh, the people Go that get you, them, Suzanne. <laughs> you tell them, Suzanne, <laughs> the people who need to be ministered to probably the most are not going to be the ones that are walking through the door. Now, right. does this mean that you are, um, bar hopping and going to all the strip clubs because that's what you're called to do in the name of the Lord. Like, I don't think Jesus calls us to a booby bar. Um, that's just the reality of it. <laughs> uh, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. I just, uh-uh. I just don't. Um, yeah. And I may be wrong, like, <laughs> but I don't think that's, that's how no. he, he calls people, but that doesn't, you need to be ministering to people outside of the four walls of the church. 
Like the biggest ministry that happens is not in the building. I know, you know, I kind of grew up in the church and, and I've done my share of church work um, in the office, in the nursery, in the everything, you name it. I've, in, in all these years, I've probably put my finger in a bunch of pies. Um, but I know that I always thought that when I, when my kids were grown, then I could do that full time. And I was so excited about that. And um, then circumstances changed. My kids were grown and gone and I needed to go back to work. And at first I was like, Lord, how could, what do you mean I have to go back to work? I have to get a job. I want to be, this was my time to go and do for the Lord. Yeah. And I called my mom. This was before she had dementia. Thank God. And she said to me, it's just a different vineyard, Angie. Relax. God's just putting you in a different vineyard. It's not the one you thought you were going to be in, but it's still a vineyard. Mm. So go out there and do what God's called you to do and just relax. So now once I got my brain wrapped around that, I encounter a lot more people out there in the world doing my job than I ever encountered standing at the front door of our church. So, yeah. It doesn't yep. matter. The church, the church is one place where we can have ministry, but out there, there's a whole bunch of other places. Um, and it's, it's a whole different population. Yeah. And that's an example of the ecclesia not being in that building. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. One of the things with Firmly Rooted is they made an intentional decision to not get a church building, mm-hmm. but instead create a coffee shop. Because rather than making the people come to us, we would go where they are. Yeah. So that's where a lot of the ministry happens, right out of a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, I work at a church, and I love it. I really do. Um, and I am not dogging on church buildings or oh, no. people who work in a church. Or um, if you are really called, like, if that's really your calling to be working in a church, like, that is amazing. Um, but the mindset of in order for me to do ministry, I have to be working in a church or else it doesn't count is just so wrong. And I'm going to, I'm just going to call it out like that. If that's your mindset, it's wrong. It's wrong. (laughs) Yeah. So, so part of that is then going back to the deacons and the bishops. It's like, why aren't we all deacons? It's like, I get it. It's an official title. I'm with you guys on that. But a part of that is they are the servants, the hands and feet of Jesus. This happens all over the place. Mm -hmm. doesn't just happen in church. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes, we, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I just, that, like, let's open our eyes to those possibilities that are in front of us and go on that adventure. Yes. See what God has for us. Yes. I was just going to say, sometimes it's hard to see that what you're doing is a form of ministry. Right. Sometimes it's hard to be sitting in a cubicle and recognize, like, how am I ministering to people? I used to work at um, a landscaping company and it was like, this is a whole bunch of guys. There were two women that worked in the office and no women that worked out in the field. And we had, I don't know, 40 people, 40 guys that worked for us. And it was like, how is this a mission? How is this a ministry? Well, guess what? This was a mission field. And it was um, just the way that I responded to people and the way that um, I interacted with people. And 
the difference, not just because I was a woman and not a man, but the difference in the heart that went along with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Do you guys know that Christian or that person that you would start seeing is like, what do they have that I don't have? It happened to me when I was a baby Christian, for sure. But even before in the world, it was like, why are those people acting like that? It looked so strange. They were kind, basically, <laughs> in a tough situation. It was like, how can they act like that and be so forgiving? And like, yeah. that's yeah. where we should stand out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Carrie, you've been kind of quiet today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just listening? I, I, I just don't have anything to say, really. Um, <laughs> I will. I was going to say this, though. There's a, in one of the FYI boxes, it says, Conduct in the church was such a concern to Paul that virtually all of chapters 2 and 3 are a call to exemplary conduct to holy behavior, an uncontentious prayer, modest dress, biblical church order, and godly elders and deacons, which that kind of, to me, that sums it all up, really. Um, And that's what we are all called to exemplary conduct. And that will make us stand out from the rest of the world as we go through our daily lives, whether it's working in the church, working in the um, landscaping business, selling real estate, ministering mm-hmm. and, and um, to others and counseling. It's, it's your conduct that they're going to take notice of and maybe ask about. And then you have your opportunity to, to speak about it. I think it's good that the word spells things out like that because it, mm-hmm. it paints a picture and I can look at that picture and say, does my life look like that? If it doesn't, then it, it checks me and I have to say, well, then something's wrong. Mm-hmm. My life, that's what my life is, should look like as a believer. Um, the same thing with the fruits of the Spirit. You know, when I read through the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, those things. When I don't see that in my life, then I, that's a good wake-up call for me. Then I need to go back to the Lord and say, oof. I'm having trouble with that. Where is that fruit? I, I, I need help. So I look at this, this conduct code, if you will, this code of conduct, and I, say, and I see it the same way. Um, if something's missing, if I'm, not, if I'm not living that way, then I just need to go to God and, and ask for help. Yeah, and let me just really stress that last part. It's like sin is missing the mark. Mm-hmm. And so this kind of gives us an idea of what the mark looks like. It's not to yeah. be unkind. It's not to put other people above other people. It's just going, hey, you know what? This is the mark. Yeah, this is what it everybody. looks like. Yeah. And I am not the one who changes that within me. Yeah. Me cooperating with the Spirit, going to God, asking Him to show me, and then having that obedience and submission to follow what He says. Yeah. And it's a process. Mm-hmm. And I will personally say I failed multiple, multiple times on this. Mm. Then I get up and I ask God and I say, show me again, please. And God has never said to me, no, showed you the last time. I'm not going to do it this time. (laughs) It's like, no, it's like he's always there with compassion. Always happy that I came to him. Always. It's like when our babies Mm -hmm. are learning to walk. You know, when when they first take that little step and then they fall flat on their little fanny, we don't say, oh, you fell. Yeah. Get back up. No, you say, oh, that's awesome. You did great. Let's do it again. 
And that's oh. how God is with us. He sees us fall, but it, he doesn't condemn us for that. It's like, oh, you you tried. You took that step. Now let's get back up. Come on, you can do it. He encourages I like that. Yeah. That's I a did good that, visual. I did that with my first child, and then I realized what was coming if, with my <laughs> second. So I tripped him. <laughs> Stay, down, <laughs> Stay down. Stay down. He'd, he'd lift his head. I'd push it back Do down. Not he crawl. Would, like, Do not get up and take that step. It was so oh. weird. Actually, my little one walked before he could crawl. Oh. And so he'd walk out in the middle of the floor and then he'd be like, now what do I do? <laughs> I feel like that's what I look like as a Christian. Like, I just got myself into this. Now what do I do? But <laughs> Ooh. That, unfortunately, is a picture of my walk with Christ. <laughs> I think that's the picture of most of us, really. Yeah. Like, okay, well, here I am. And, but that's the, that's the beauty of the grace of Jesus, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. he just says, okay, I'm here in the end and it's okay. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. I'm going to close this out today. How about that? Okay. Great. All right. Um, Jesus, thanks for being there in the middle of the and when we get there and uh, we just don't know and we're looking around. Um, just thank you for the for stepping in that gap, um, Lord. And I just pray that um, even though we kind of veered off of what we were talking about to begin with, um, Lord, I just pray that you would show us where we can minister. I pray that you would show us where we can be the pillars and the foundation of truth, where you would show us how we can stand firm and how we can stand strong on you. Um, Help our eyes to be opened to the fact that the reality of it is, is we are ministering to people every minute of every day if we are with you Um, and that we fall short, but you cheer us on and you say, it's okay, let's get up and do it again. Um, And I just thank you for that grace, Lord, because it is just overwhelming the amount of grace that you pour out every single day over and over and over and over and over and over again. Um, and I pray also that we would extend that grace to others, God, that when we look around to those um, who are in the trenches with us, that when they start walking and then they just freeze and go, okay, now what? Um, God, that we would have your eyes and your ears to know um how to encourage and how to support and how to cheer on and how to hold the hand and um, Lord, that we would just walk through this together. And I just thank you again. I I just love that picture um, that Rosemary gave us of just standing there and walking and then just, and now what? And um, just the fact that you're willing to sit there with us in the now what and help us to take those next steps. Um, So thank you, Jesus, for that. Uh, In your name we pray. Amen. 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 And cut. <laughs> 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 <laughs>